Fix the World, Episode 4, End Hunger. I'm Doug Dix. Ending hunger is the biggest challenge of our time because there is an abundance of food. It's just not distributed properly. Some people take more than their fair share, and that greed is the problem. But there's plenty of food, and no need for a new green revolution or for genetic engineering. These activities are not only unnecessary, but expensive, distracting, and dangerous. And efforts to help hungry people grow more food are not effective remedies for the greed that causes their hunger. They're not even really reasonable activities, because agriculture is regulated by governments to maintain profitability. If poor people suddenly began producing food, governments would shut down other sources of food to prevent the increased supply from depressing the price. Food quantity is not the problem. We must look elsewhere for the cure for hunger. Green plants make food from sunshine, water, air, and minerals in topsoil. Just four plants, corn, wheat, rice, and soybeans, provide more than enough calories and protein to feed everyone on earth a healthy diet. And this doesn't even touch the food from potatoes, legumes, other vegetables, and fruits. A complete supply of vitamins and minerals costs about three cents per capita per day, which means the world's micronutrient needs could be satisfied for $240 million a year. That's less than the salary of the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, and he doesn't even rank among the highest-paid CEOs. Here's the fact. If the world's food were divided equally among all people, everyone would have plenty. But that's not how food is distributed. Why not? In a word, it's taste. Some people like the taste of flesh better than the taste of plants. So they feed grain to animals and then eat the animals. Unfortunately, it takes five or more pounds of grain to make a pound of beef or sheep. It takes a bit less to make a pound of pork and a bit less than that to make a pound of poultry. But this is the heart of the problem. Feeding grain to animals takes an enormous amount of food off the world's table. As the supply sinks, the price rises, and poor people starve as a result. Nine million of them starve to death annually. Three million of them kids. Because rich people like the taste of flesh. Do you think flesh eaters would enjoy their meals if they could see the consequence of their food preference? But human hunger is only the most conspicuous of these consequences. A quick look at a PETA site on food animals will show the extreme cruelty by which animals of all types are converted to food for profit. Is animal cruelty insignificant? See it before you answer. How many flesh eaters would want to be the cause of such cruelty? Richard Rhodes studied the SS Einsatzgruppen, possibly 
the most sadistic men of all time. He suggests their cruelty began in the butcher shop. Cruelty is a civilized taboo. Once you break it, the target doesn't matter. The beast is unleashed. Is that what you want? To unleash the brutal beast within you? What happened to empathy? Isn't that what you really want? And then there are the environmental consequences. Terrestrial food animals consume enormous quantities of water and excrete greenhouse gases and solid waste. Fishing is cruel, as there is no humane way to use live bait or kill seafood. And commercial fishing is maximally destructive of the ocean ecosystem. If wrecking human habitat weren't bad enough, there are the health consequences. By living in crowded conditions, terrestrial food animals spread infections, some of which threaten humans. You've heard of bird flu, SARS, mad cow, and COVID-19. Terrestrial food animals consume nearly half of all the antibiotics prescribed, and they fuel the growing pandemic of multidrug-resistant germs. And finally, all terrestrial animal fat is saturated, which, when eaten, increases the risk of coronary artery disease, the single most common cause of premature death. Fish are often portrayed as a healthy alternative to terrestrial flesh because fish consumption is not associated with increased risk of cardiovascular disease. But fish are made of the ocean. As the ocean grows ever more polluted, so do the fish. Not only must you worry about the heavy metals, but now seafood is becoming plasticized. And the fish oil that is associated with cardiovascular protection is available in plants particularly walnuts. So the taste for flesh and the intentional ignorance of its consequences by rich people is deadly, causing the death of 9 million people annually from hunger and many more from malnutrition, as well as torturing the food animals before their death, wrecking our ecosystems, both terrestrial and aquatic, threatening public health, and ultimately causing the premature death of the flesh eaters themselves. You'd think you'd learn of this in school, college, church, and synagogue, but barely a word of it is ever spoken. The schools and colleges serve meat in their dining halls, and clergy fish for fun and eat meat as if it were just a matter of choice. And of course, it is just that. But what consequences that choice carries? Do you really want to be ignorant of these consequences or pretend they're not really so bad? I haven't eaten flesh in the last 30 years. I stopped because two girls in my class said I was not fit to be a professor because I ate meat. I looked into the matter and agreed, so I stopped. Not only do I not miss eating flesh, but I can't imagine how I ever could have enjoyed the taste of it 
or been willing to ignore the consequences. I'm eternally grateful to these girls. I hope to do for listeners what they did for me. If you cooperate, we can end hunger by ending the consumption of flesh. Dairy and eggs are a problem. Cows only produce milk after becoming pregnant, but half their calves are bulls, and there's nothing to do with a bull except to eat him. Many are made into veal, which is a particularly cruel process. And although dairy cows are treated well while they're making milk, when they're done with that, they're treated with the same cruelty as bulls. I do not consume dairy products except for a small amount of cheese now and then, and I'm working to free myself of that. But it is work. Unlike the taste of flesh, I do miss the taste of ice cream and mozzarella. But for me, it's well worth it. Normal eggs are produced by extremely cruel methods. See a pita site on this. I boycott regular eggs, even to the point of boycotting foods that contain eggs. But I do eat egg whites from certified humane farms. I discard the yolks despite expert reports that they are harmless in moderation. There's just too much cholesterol there for my peace of mind. Cage-free is not an adequate designation. Require certified humane and look for genuine commitment to the cause of caring for food animals, such as an open invitation to visit the farm. But even this is not the end. It's not so simple. Dairy is the only natural source of calcium. Seafood, the only natural source of iodine, and red meat, the only bioavailable. Nah, not the only, but the most bioavailable source of iron. I take 600 milligrams of calcium and 200 international units of vitamin D3 as pills each night after dinner. Rather than worrying about getting enough of the other vitamins and minerals, I take a complete vitamin mineral supplement every other day. Males and non-menstruating females rarely need iron supplements, but menstruating females may need them, and a doctor should be consulted on how to satisfy this need without consuming meat. There is no end to the talk on ending hunger and no end to the list of charities that promise to use donations to end it. But there is no end to it. Hunger is not like cancer. The cure is known, abundant, and cheap. Brown rice and dry beans will do the job. But yet hunger never ends. It can't end until we end the greed and intentional ignorance that causes it. And we can do that by thinking, thinking about the consequences of our food choices. I suspect our species is at a turning point. To continue to survive and evolve as a species, we must pass a test, and this is it. 
We must govern our behavior by rational thought. Hunger is proof of our failure to pass this test. Please think about the consequences of eating flesh and then do what you really want. But it's not just flesh eating that's the problem. Some 70 million metric tons of grain are diverted from food use to beer production annually. Another 14 million metric tons are diverted to whiskey production. And some 18 million acres of prime farmland are growing grapes for wine. No beer, whiskey, or wine is necessary, and every drop is harmful. Yes, there are the studies that show drinking in moderation reduces risk of heart attack. But those study methods are flawed. Look again, there's no advantage. Can you really enjoy drinking alcohol when you realize you're consuming some hungry kid's breakfast and in the process, killing your own brain and liver cells? And if you're female, increasing your risk of breast cancer? Think about consequences and then do what you really want. And if all of that weren't enough, some 40% of global corn is diverted to biofuel production. So think about that whenever you're contemplating unnecessary travel. Is the travel really worth the hunger it causes? And then do what you really want. We can end hunger without spending a cent just by boycotting flesh as food, alcoholic beverages, and unnecessary travel. We'll be healthier in the process restore our ecosystem, and strengthen social fabric. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week.